Today's episode of InVibe Life Conversations podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Often across the board, a theme in our work is really identity. And that is one of the most, the, one of the two major developmental tasks of adolescence. There's independence and there's identity. So woven into everything we do is helping girls to understand who am I now and who do I want to become and what choices and decisions do I make now that take me to who I want to be now and in the future. So self-honoring choices. So decision-making is a big part of it. Future planning is a big part of it. Confidence and knowing yourself, that identity piece is a big part of our coaching. That's and huge. Frankly, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. A, lot of, a lot of parents come to us because often they're trying to impart this wisdom and this guidance on their teens, but because they are a teenager and they're trying to separate and individuate and say, I'm not like you, they're not accepting the guidance. Welcome to InVibe Live Conversations with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We'll offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at invibelife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. We're grateful that you're here. Welcome to InVibe Live Conversations with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. And today we have our special guest, Barb Steinberg. She is a local teen coach. Um, parenting coach. Parenting coach. And so, Barb, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a parent coach and a teen life coach. I work with girls ages 15 to 25, and I have a couple of coaches on my team that work with girls 13 to 25. And I'm also a speaker on all things teen girls. So my whole world revolves around making teen girls happier and their moms and dads happier. I feel like that's huge right now. <laughs> it is. And I was looking at your, um, I guess your credentials on your website and it says that, you know, you've been working in this capacity for over 30 years. That's a really long time. Yeah. Um, so I would think over that time frame, you've seen some trends. So what are you seeing and what are you seeing now? Because I feel like life has drastically changed in the last year, most especially. Yeah, I began actually working with teenagers in a professional capacity when I was still a teenager, when I was 19 and in college in my internship to become a social worker. So that's where I discovered, oh, th these are the people I want to help. This is who I want to work with. And then as my work, you know, went on through the years, I discovered, wait a second, I'm only with these teens an hour a week and their parents are with them many, many hours a day. I really need to also give them the tools and the tips and the strategies to complement whatever it is that I'm teaching and, and how I'm supporting the teens. 
So how have they changed over the years? The very first thing that comes to my mind, frankly, is I really, it makes me sad to say it out loud, but it's really the level of stress and anxiety that I see our teens living with, that their level of anxiety and stress is very similar to that of an adult that's work has a full-time job and many commitments and responsibilities. And that is very sad to me because I really see it impacting them emotionally and physically. And this is really across the board, not just specific to girls. You know, I have three sons. I see the same thing. And, you know, something we realize or say with our sons is, you know, they have a full day, maybe athletic practice ends at six or later. They come home and then they've got their homework where if it's six or seven, I might be pouring a glass of wine and watching some ridiculous thing on Netflix to detox. And they don't get that. They don't get that. Exactly. Agree. And so they, I think in today's world, that seems expected and almost normal. So to make a suggestion for them to have less on their plate, you know, sometimes parents are on board with that. Sometimes they aren't. And frankly, often the teens are not always on board with that. They're so afraid that if I don't have all of this on my plate and I'm not succeeding so well in all of these areas, then that's really going to negatively impact my future. And that fear drives it. And so you're the age group you specialize in is honestly older than I thought you were going to say, because you said reaching up to age 25, mm-hmm. correct? So this is something I've talked to with, and so my kids are 22, 20, and 16. And so I have, I'm in your demographic with boys, but in that demographic, just a phenomenon of, it's interesting, I don't know what it's called, or there's even a term for it, but I feel like Starting in pre-K, we're talking about where's my kid going to college. And, you know, I used to be on the board of a um, private school in town that considered itself pre-preparatory at pre-college. No joke. We had parents even meet with us as board members saying, what are you doing to help get my kid into college? Like, well, do they know what yellow is? You know, I mean, it's just craziness when they're four and five years old. But what happens is those kids are so, all of our kids are so preached to where their only goal, their entire lives, they know no other existence is getting into these certain colleges or their performance in college. And then I've seen it. I had friends who expressed this phenomenon. They get to that college. So And then it's sort of a feeling of, oh, a letdown. And now what? Or now what do I do? Because this was the end all be all. Is that, is that unique or is that something you see? No, I wouldn't say that it's unique. You know, the teens that I see and I work with, um, you know, they're obviously influenced by their surroundings. So they might be seen and hearing about where other kids are going to college and they might feel like those are very prestigious or they might live in a community in which, you know, people are successful financially and they therefore believe that that's what success and happiness looks like. And I have to go there. I have to meet that level. And yes, it can be a letdown to get there and realize, wait a minute, I've literally worked so hard to the point of exhaustion I've even sacrificed my social life. And this, this is what I was working so hard for. And maybe and they, my major now that seems so special or lucrative or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be when they're working so hard in high school, 
they believe they have a belief of what they're working toward, but when they get there, it can be eye-opening that it's not all that they thought it was going to be. And, and that can lead to some, uh, you know, emotional issues as well, that they thought that that was going to feel so good. And that was kind of the icing on the cake and it didn't turn out to be everything that they wanted it to be. Sorry. I've got a cat. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. We have a dog sleeping down here. If you hear snoring, if you hear snoring it's <laughs> a dog. <laughs> That's monkey uh, cat. So um, in your practice, do you, the socioeconomic issue is, do you vary, does it vary for you or does it tend to be one type of person that you see or does it, you know? So because we, we don't take insurance for coaching, it, it does require a family to have a financial you know, stability that they can afford this. So, um, you know, we do have, there are times that we offer, um, you know, payment plans for families that need it. But in general, I would say that we do have families that have the financial capability of providing this for their kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we went off on a tangent a little bit, and I apologize for that. So let's back up and say, what are some of the things that bring a family to you? What are some of the issues or topics that arise? So I would say often it is the parents coming to me. It's not, it's less that the daughters are saying, I need help. Please get me someone that happens, but not as often. So more often the parents are seeing, they're seeing what we were talking about before. So they're seeing high levels of stress and anxiety. They're seeing perfectionism. They're seeing a lack of happiness that she's working so hard and still not happy. I have lots of parents that bring their kids Uh, to us because they're struggling socially. So their friendships are not what they want them to be. Um, We've got other girls that come to us with social anxiety. So they've got some of that, that they need to learn some strategies. And I would say often across the board, a theme in our work is really identity. And that is one of the most, one of the two major developmental tasks of adolescence. There's independence and there's identity. So woven into everything we do is helping girls to understand who am I now and who do I want to become and what choices and decisions do I make now that take me to who I want to be now and in the future. So self-honoring choices. So decision-making is a big part of it. Future planning is a big part of it. Confidence and knowing yourself, that identity piece is a big part of our coaching. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. A lot of parents come to us because often they're trying to impart this wisdom and this guidance on their teens, but because they are a teenager and they're trying to separate and individuate and say, I'm not like you, they're not accepting the guidance. And so it's, you know, oftentimes when I'm meeting with parents of the girls that I coach, they'll say, I have told her that so many times. And I'm like, yeah, I bet you have. But because I'm not her mom, she can actually receive it, take it in and possibly act on it. I have found that recently with my teenage son, just going to a medical doctor with me telling him, you need to do this or this for the congestion you're having would not listen. You don't know what you're talking about. We went to the doctor. She told him almost verbatim what I told him. And, oh, she's so brilliant. (laughs) Exactly. We have to wait till they're like 30 for them to really believe we know something. (laughs) I hope. I'm holding out for 30. I hope we get there. (laughs) You will. (laughs) So what do you see 
being the mother of a teenage son, do you see differences between the girls and the boys? I do. And I would say the majority of that is around their social life and friendships and how girls interact uh, with each other to kind of maintain social status, to um, create some sense of power or um, security in their friend groups. So they behave differently than boys. Girls have a little bit of a different reaction or response to potential loss of friendships. Um, for them, it's, it's kind of, it's like, it's visceral that they're going to do whatever they need to do in order to not be isolated, to not be rejected. So sometimes we'll see girls staying in friendships that are not necessarily good for them. And we know that it's coming from a place of fear and coming from a place of self-preservation. Um, so we don't see that in general as much with boys. So, you know, uh, boys might get into a fight and, two hours later, they're hanging out and they're okay. Where girls are going to probably hold on to that resentment, that hurt for who knows, it could be years. They can bring in lots of other girls to join them in on that and support them in their dislike of, of another girl. So it's different socially for sure. Um, and then I see a difference. This is actually increasing now more than it was in the past, but in terms of social media and girls receiving information about how they should look and how they should behave and what they should wear. That is a little bit different, but of course guys are seeing more and more of that now. So there's, we're seeing a little ticking increase on that. Those are probably the, the two, the biggest areas that I see differences in. I were talking about that right before we met with you before the podcast started this morning that we're seeing the body image mm -hmm. component being increasingly um, something the boys feel pressured mm -hmm. on and, you know, they're being judged by girls. Yeah. Too, and I think they really feel it. Mm -hmm. um, the fear component that you talk about, I mean, fear is a response that every human being has. I would think that would be a very hard thing to kind of coach them out of it, but such a necessary tool. So how would you, it's because how do you coach them out of fear without diminishing their feelings? Yeah, that's such a great question because often being the nature of a teenager today, there's very little time to sit quietly and reflect to even ask yourself, how am I feeling? What, you know, what do I want? What do I think about this? So there's not much of that going on. So, you know, with coaching and, and also with parenting, we can create those moments of self-reflection. So we want to create the space for them to not only be able to name the feeling, which often teenagers can't do because language is in the frontal lobe and that's not fully developed. So that's where we come in as the adults where we can say, it sounds like you're really afraid that this is going to happen. And they can say, yeah, you're right. I am afraid where often they might say that they're stressed, but they're really feeling fear. That's where the stress is coming from. So we're naming it and creating the space for them to be able to talk about the fear. So being heard and understood begins to calm us. The central nervous system begins to calm down and say, oh, I'm safe. This person's listening. This person's nodding. They get how I feel. So that's one piece, just being able to be seen and heard. And then the other piece, we, you know, I have so many coaching tools that I use for girls to 
to decrease the fear, to decrease the anxiety, the stress. Um, one in particular that comes to mind is called emotional freedom technique, EFT, which is tapping. Mm-hmm. And that's tapping on, have you guys heard of that? A little bit, but go into it a little yeah. more. Like well, that's one way, but I want to hear how you yeah. use it. And if you can, of course, find this there, who knows, there are probably thousands of videos on YouTube of people tapping, but it comes from, it's about three to 5,000 years old. It comes from Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So this is not obviously not using needles, but it's using the acupressure points where they would put the needles and it's um, tapping on those points while you are telling the story of the fear, for example, the anxiety, the stress that you have. And as you're tapping, it sends a message to the body that the body is safe. It calms the central nervous system. And it's really quite fascinating that in one session or even a few minutes, people can go from a nine in the fear or the anxiety down to a two or a zero. So it's a very quick tool. So we use that a lot. Or it just gets them out of a moment of anxiety. It is lasting. So that's not to say there are some times that it's totally permanent. And then there are other times, maybe tomorrow you ended the session at a two and now it's up to a four. So we have a little more tapping to do, but it's truly very effective. They even use it on Vietnam veterans and they've had incredible. incredible like I could use it. <laughs> we, all, we all could, we all could. It lowers your cortisol levels. I mean, it's quite miraculous. And that's one of many tools that we use with girls because we want to give them these life skills to take with them. Brilliant. You're going to have anxiety and stress throughout your life. So you want tools that work when you're 40, 50, 60. Mm -hmm. I think this is huge. I feel like the information that you impart to teenagers is something that should be mandatory in the schools. Cause I just feel like it's such, you know, all like it, like you said, it's a tool that you're providing them at this age that they can use for the rest of their life. And if they did that for the rest of their life, you were talking about how anxiety affects, uh, affects the emotional and the physical thing. And, you know, I work with back pain, right? Mm-hmm. So if people had these tools, then maybe they wouldn't be in my office 20 years later with severe back pain because they haven't been dealing with so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. We know, we know that emotions, there's a saying in therapy, the issues are in the tissues. Yes, Yes. it's so true. So the emotions get trapped in the cells of the body, right? So if you've got a pain, Mm -hmm. that's probably coming from some emotional issue that you had, your body hasn't completely processed and we want to get it out of the body so you can be feeling good physically and emotionally. That's going to be Cheryl's new. That's my new thing. I'm going to steal it. The issues in the tissues. It's really, it's true. It's true. It's It's so true. It's so true. And I think that, you know, that's really why InVibe came about Mm -hmm. is because, you know, I was coaching people on the muscle skeletal and then I. Including me. Yeah. I'm a former client. Well, current client Uh, patient. Not being trained in what you know, but I could see that there was more people needed to know, but I wasn't a professional in it. So therefore we do podcasts with people like you that can explain it because this is what you do for a living. Yeah. yeah. I talk with girls and parents and, and often they, they don't really connect the dots. And so I tell them, you know, there are psychosomatic symptoms. So your teenager getting a headache, getting a stomach ache, having trouble sleeping, 
that tells you something's off. Something's not right that we need to look at and, and figure out emotionally to calm yeah. her so that she can feel better physically as well. I think Cheryl and Stephen would take it further and say even actual pain in the body. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. The issues yeah. are in the tissues. Yeah. yeah. The pain just, is letting yeah. you know there's something you haven't processed emotionally. Mm-hmm. So you talked about a technique you give to the girls with the EFT. What's a technique you give to the parents or a piece of advice you give to parents? I give them the same. So I do many, many workshops talking to parents specifically about the pressures that girls are facing and the anxiety and the stress that they feel. And um, honestly, I'm, I am a former therapist and I, I love therapy, I've been to therapy. I think it has a, a wonderful role in helping people heal. And I know for myself, I think what, why I really gravitated toward coaching is because it is very action oriented. I love strategies. I love tools. I, I know that there's a place to process. It's very important processing how you're feeling, talking about it, um, being seen and heard. And I know that I know teens in particular love, well, what do I do to make it better? Yeah. And me as a parent, I feel the same. So when I'm working with parents, I'm often giving them the exact same strategies I give to girls because I, I even was talking to a family that I work with a couple of weeks ago. And I said, you know, I would really love it if you as a family could sit down on the couch every day for two minutes at the timer on the phone and everyone just sits quietly in silence and just does deep breathing together. And of course, I've taught the girl in session how to deep breathe and we do a lot of progressive muscle relaxation and tapping. And so I want to give the parents the tools so it can become a family tool. This is how we all calm ourselves, you know? That is awesome. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I'm sure like, cause I'll do meditation with my children. And I have one that really like, ask me for it. He loves it at night. He wants to, Hey mom, can we turn on that meditation and do it? And then of course my older one is like, what? You're pooey. <laughs> he also feels that way about Pilates. Every time when I make him go, he's like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know. Of course, if someone else recommended it, he'd probably think it was great. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but you know, there's that dynamic too of having two teenagers in the house and then you have two different things going on. And I know the one that one tool would help everybody, but do you do you have families like that where there's more than one teenager and that's, you know, the com- combativeness is different? Yeah, sure. So many many parent coaching sessions we're talking about that. And I actually have a, a, a whole video on my YouTube channel that's specifically about sibling rivalry and what it is siblings are seeking and how it, how to give each sibling what they need so that we can bring down some of that feistiness and the fighting and all of that. It's just not pleasant for anyone. That is great because yeah, mine will definitely kind of go at each other and, you know. Yeah. And we, and you do get sick of hearing it as a parent. You're like, Stop. of course. And so I think one of my biggest um, learning topics or phases as a parent have been my boys going into young adulthood and how it changes the dynamic of parenting because they still really need you. Um, They also need their independence. They come to you for everything, but make it clear that they really don't want you to influence anything. Uh, right. Can you talk a little about that? Like how, how does parenting change or the approach to parenting change 
as your kids do hit like those college, you know, 18 to 25. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great question because I think that's one of the greatest challenges of parenting is, you know, when they're little and they're growing up, we are there for every moment to guide, to teach, to say what's right, what's wrong, to make the play dates. We're involved in every single moment of their lives. And as they get older, we're still operating from that place and they're changing developmentally. And sometimes it can be quite shocking. We're like, wait, hold up. I'm not going to do this for you anymore. You don't want me to be a part. You don't want me to know about your friendships. You don't want me to you know, schedule the get togethers. It can be a little bit like whiplash, like, wait, how, how did this happen overnight? And there's a great, one of my all-time favorite books about raising teen girls is called Untangled by Lisa Damore. And she has such a great um, metaphor, and that is the swimming pool. So she describes that a teenager is out in the pool with their friends, and they're swimming, and they're, you know, having fun, and they're splashing and all of that. And then eventually they get a little bit tired, and they swim to the side of the pool where you are. And they hold on to the side of the pool and they're catching their breath and they're relaxing and you're there with them. And then once they catch their breath and they're ready to fly again and they do a kickoff from the side of the pool and they're back in the pool with their friends in the, in a flash. And you're thinking, hold up. I was just here with you, like supporting you. And now you're taking off again. So it can be a little, as I said, a little like whiplash, a little confusing. And we've really got to kind of, pay attention and notice where it is they're pushing back and not wanting our involvement. And I've had so many parents say, you know, she would ask me for advice and then I would open my mouth and start giving it to her. And then she would shut down and become silent. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't understand what I did wrong. And so we would talk about how sometimes when they're saying that they want your advice, they don't necessarily want your advice. They really want to be heard. They want to talk it through and figure out their own resolutions, their own solutions to their own issues, which is what we want because in a few years, they're not going to be with us to, to run, run everything by us. So we can check in with them and, and ask, you know, Hey, what are you needing from me right now? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? What can I do to not make this worse? And I think sometimes for some parents, it's very fulfilling and rewarding and makes us feel really good when we are involved, the more involved we are in our teens' lives, when really, if we can reframe it and look at it, the more and more that I back up and I release the reins and let this child make some decisions, make some mistakes, mess up while they're in my home and I can help them through it the more I'm really preparing them for adulthood. There's a wonderful book by Dan Siegel called Brainstorm that is one of the best ever written about adolescence and about just about this. And I actually created an entire online course about it called Letting Go of Your Little Girl because it is hard to let go. And we need strategies to do that in a way that feels good for us and for her to really empower her. Well, what I have found, one of the hard things I needed to do is even emotionally detach, um, allowing them to go through what they need to go through, because you just want to fix everything for them and solve everything for them and learning that they don't even really want you to, even if it's subconsciously, then that starts to create resentment or you like in the pool analogy, if you see them struggling even to get to the side to you. And your tendency is so to just give them that hand and pull them to you when you really need to let them 
yeah. keep on the track themselves. It's so hard to just sit back, watch it, watch the suffering, watch the pain when you know I could step in and do this for them, but I shouldn't. Yeah. And I think that is why so many parents, we as parents step in because it's so hard for us to watch them suffer or have a hard time or mess up, or we know it's coming and we want to prevent it. And it feels so uncomfortable in us that that's one of the main reasons why we step in to stop it. Not just for them. We don't want to feel the struggle. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. Or you so, think yeah. that's what you ought to be doing. My job is to take care of them. So why wouldn't I take care of them? Here. And if they were never going to leave your house and you were going to make them oatmeal and do their laundry till they were 50, that would be a great strategy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It would be a great strategy. But if you want them to be successful adults, they need to fall down sometimes to realize, you know what? I've had some hard times. I have fallen down. I have struggled and I've gotten back up. So I'm okay moving out. Thank you. And your techniques might be different for boys and girls, but this, this is universal. It is. Oh, for sure. I live with a 16 year old boy. So yes, everything. It's funny because some of a few of his friends' moms asked him, so your mom, so this is what she does for a living. Does she use her coaching strategies on you? And he's like, no. (laughs) Yes, I do. Every moment of every day. (laughs) It might be great that he doesn't think so. Right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, this is just really great information. And, um, you keep mentioning the stuff you have on your website. We're going to put a link to that on our show notes because going around and looking at your website and the information you have out there, it's invaluable. The, the stuff, the blogs, the courses that you offer, and now you're offering online courses because of COVID, right. And that we, you know, we need to have this opportunity that information um, is very accessible to people. So they don't only have to have the means to come in and see you or or be able to see you in person. You offer so much information. There was a ton of just free information that you put out there. And that's huge. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, that's important at this time in our lives. And, you know, like you said, the kids, the anxiety that's there, you know, it's, it's, building up and the tools that you can give us as parents. I'm not saying that, you know, my teenager is going to go look at your site, but if the parent gets a little bit of information, then they might realize, okay, if I actually took her out to talk, to work with her or her team, think of how much my children might get this information and they're. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that's come up for me in this conversation and in talking to others, because here's the thing, a lot of parents don't want to talk too much to other parents because you feel like you're exposing yourself and your child and what you're going through. So just understanding that probably all of your friends are going through the same things with their kids. 100%. I pre COVID, I would hold, support groups for parents of teen girls. And that was one of the things that I think was the most healing because when you're little and you're hanging out in the playground, letting your kids play, you've got three hours with other parents to talk about the trials and tribulations of eating and sleeping and pooping. But once they get into talk about those things, those feel like acceptable things to share. For sure. So now when they're adolescents and they're making choices that sometimes for parents are, they have shame around them, they're embarrassed, you know, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, breaking the law, sneaking out, whatever it is, we feel like it's only my kid. And that means I'm a bad parent. 
And the more that we can really have the courage to share that with other parents, the more we'll realize, oh, this is universal. These are kids trying to become independent, making some clumsy choices. And that's why now I'm hosting the the live webinars to have those support groups on Zoom so that we don't have to lose that connection with other parents. It will help us through. That's huge. And on that, just to pick up on something you just said, that is another, I think, topic among parents of teens, letting them gain the independence of figuring out socially how to be in situations to make good choices. But then also they are 15, 16 year old kids saying, no, you may not go to that party or whatever the situation. How do you balance that? Yeah, that is a huge conversation because there are just so many variables to it. You know, we've got some kids, you really have to take into account your child's personality because some kids will hear alcohol and drugs are against the law and they can negatively impact my brain and body. Okay, that's enough information. I'm going to wait on that. And that's just their personality. They like to play it safe. I happen to be one of those kids when I was growing up. I happen to have given birth to not a child like that. <laughs> so I have a child like that. Yeah. Yeah. I so, was not that child, but I have a child like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you already know, you know, so I, I coach a lot of girls and I happen to be raising a teen that they're really curious about life. They're fascinated by it. Like there's so many choices And it looks really fun. And people tell me it's fun. And I really want to experience that. You're telling me not to, but that looks pretty good. And I want to experience it for myself. I'm not going to take your word for it. Mm -hmm. So if you know you have that child, you know, my recommendation is you obviously, you know, I think intuition is one of the best tools you can have as a a parent. You've got to follow it. I do see it backfire when you've got a child that really wants to go out and experience and you, you just ramp down on those reins and you lock them in, they will find a way to experience it. Mm-hmm. And that can, in the process, damage your relationship. Because there might come a day when that child's at a party and the kid's drunk or they're dr- they're, the person who drove them there is drunk and they need you. So in instances like that, I really recommend opening up the lines of communication and really educating. So I do a lot of education with the girls that I work with about what exactly alcohol and drugs do to the body. We, we literally, I'll bring out a 12 ounce beer, a four ounce glass of wine, a shot. I'll show them what that looks like. I'll explain how it impacts their body on an hourly basis based on their weight, their menstrual cycle. We go through all of it because I believe that if they have the education and they can practice safely with you before they go off to college. Now they're educated about what some of these choices can do. It doesn't, it's not foolproof. It doesn't mean they'll say, thanks for the education. Now I'm not going to drink. Mm-hmm. It could mean, okay, thank you for the education. Now I'm going to stick with one alcoholic beverage an hour and I'm going to call you to pick me up. You know what I mean? Like it's, you've got to weigh the pros and cons, you know, do you, for me, it's, Truly, sometimes it's about life and death. I want you to be able to live through your adolescence. It's so hard. Yeah. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't always feel like they do either. Right. 
Yes. I mean, that's where that lack of frontal lobe comes in, right? So if with this is executive processing. So this is where planning comes into play. This is where you think about, oh, the possible consequences of the steps. And if you don't have that, you're going to make poor choices, right? You're going to end up somewhere that you shouldn't be or, you know, make a choice that is a little unsafe. And so the more we can be the frontal lobe for them and plan it out, the better they'll be, the safer they'll be. This is great. Great information. I feel like I feel like we could talk for a few hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is such good information. We're going to link all of your stuff on our show notes so that people can access you and reach you and, you know, but we have a final question. We do have a final question. Amy's so good about remembering this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, we like to talk about balance in people's lives. Like the mind, body, spirit. The yeah. mind, body, spirit connection. And so we'd like to ask all of our guests, what do you do on a daily basis? We've had some guests say, I don't do it daily. I do it weekly or I do it monthly. But what do you do to bring balance into your life? Like a, oh, your own personal tool. That's a really good question. Um. Yeah, since that's such a part of my professional life, I feel like I have to have it in my personal life where I'm not going to be very good at my job. So I would say that I have a few for me being, I I really try every day to be outside and move my body because just the sunshine, the clouds, the air, it just, for me, it, it just feels so invigorating and reviving. And so I would say that daily. And I do, um, I do some, you know, journaling, I do prayer, I do meditation. And I also, frankly, my girlfriends, you know, I love, I have an awesome husband and a kid, but my girlfriends all, they really, um, they're a big factor in helping me balance my life. They just really bring all the happiness and joy. I love it. You are our people. Thank you for taking this time with us. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I'd love for some of the listeners to give us some questions for you because I think, again, this could just, we just got into some of these topics Mm -hmm. that could go on and on and on. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a joy and a pleasure and a wealth of information. And we're just glad that you were able to make it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I really, I love what you guys are doing. The mind, body, spirit, you're talking my language. I love that you're putting this out into the world. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for listening to Imbibe Live Conversations. For more information and to join our community, be sure to check out our website at imbibelive.com. We look forward to sharing with you.